Greetings of the day and welcome back to Equity Ed Talk, the podcast where Dr. Linda Nathan sits down with experienced educators to talk about how they center equity in their work. In today's podcast, we will focus on wellness and specifically wellness for educators, teachers and school leaders. Why is it essential and how can we create spaces that nurture wellness? Today, we will hear from Chandra Joseph Lesset, teacher and now coach for novice teachers with 25 years of experience in public education. Welcome to episode 6. Hi there, Chandra. I'm so Hi. to see you, hear you, have you as a guest on this wonderful podcast idea. I think it's your fault that we're even doing this. Um, but anyway, this podcast is about wellness. And I think I needed you to help frame what is this all about anyway? The word wellness. Why is it even a thing at all? Help me understand that. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to be here. Chandra Joseph Lissette. So this is my, oh, I like to say that, <laughs> but 25th year in public education, um, not counting the time I actually spent in higher ed. Um, but, you know, I am a teacher at heart, teacher always, teacher first. Um, and now I'm coaching novice teachers across the district. Um, and <laughs> have you looked at our world? Why wellness? <laughs> <laughs> have you looked at our world, right? Um, before we even get into like what's going on in schools and the reality is that our world is struggling. And when the world is struggling, people are struggling, right? Um, and so our schools are no different. They are microcosms of the world. Um, and so, you know, along with the obvious, right? There are teacher shortages and um, <clears throat> there's all this, COVID deal and all of that is happening and all of that is true. But even long before that, I tell people long before that, I think that um, people never really took educator wellness seriously. Right. And the fact that you that educators are human beings, we seem to forget that <laughs> um, we're actually human beings first. Right. So what about us? What about our health? What about our physical health, our mental health, our, our emotional health? There have been so many times when I know I felt this and you talk to just about any educator anywhere, anyone who works in schools, where you really feel like you had to leave parts of yourself outside of the school, right? Um, because it's jazz hands all in, all about the kids all the time in the schools. And yes, and <laughs> yes, it is about the kids. But if you don't take, a, take care of the people who are taking care of the kids, then you've got a larger problem. And so here we are, right? Ask any educator the last time that they have been to see a doctor or a dentist. You'll go, oh, I'll wait until. I'll wait until the next break. I'll wait until, I'll wait until. And the wait until sometimes doesn't happen, maybe over the summer, maybe not. Um, and then we, we neglect ourselves, right? But we keep pushing through this whole idea that we just keep pushing through. It's going to be fine. We just keep, we just keep, we keep piling things on and piling things on. Well, you know, there comes a point in time where you just can't pile things on anymore. And I think that we are at that inflection point, right? In the world and in schools. We're there. Yeah, no, I, this, I really appreciate. And I appreciate you just, um, mentioned a book. That's one of my favorites. Can you just name that book again? And say what it is yeah the the body keeps the score 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, it recently introduced to me, and I know it's been around a long time and lots of people have read it. Um, but the reality is that whether we want to talk about it or think about it or not, everything that we experience, our body holds on to, yeah. right? That's the good, the bad, and everything in between. Um, and sometimes you, <laughs> the things that manifest physically in our body are a result of emotional and mental trauma issues, that sort of thing. Your body holds on to all of that tension and we'll often ignore it, (laughs) you know, but your body keeps the score. It doesn't go away. You have to tend to it. These aren't new ideas. And I appreciate you reminding us this is, you've been thinking about this pre-pandemic. Yeah, I think you said a really important thing when you said, you know, the adults are experiencing a lot of what the kids are experiencing. And that I think is probably a relatively radical idea that we should even name that. Like, is it a generational thing? Yeah. You're not, you're not allowed to feel what you feel or to experience what you've experienced inside of the school. What you do outside of there is your business. But once you show up in this space, Hey, put that smile on, right? Literally. And how many times I know you've heard this, Linda, teaching is like a stage. (laughs) You're on all the time, right? And I'm going to be perfectly honest. I've said this myself, right? Here's the problem with that. Nobody checked on how many educators are sitting in their cars and crying after or before because they're exhausted, because they're experiencing the sadness and the weight of things that have happened to their children in schools. We've got counselors and all sorts of people and wraparound services for children. But what about the adults? I think I had told you when I opened the Arts Academy, one of the first volunteers I got, it was a psychologist. And I didn't know that to stay licensed as psychologists, they have to do so many pro bono hours. So I didn't have to pay for the psychologist. And I just would give up my office and everyone had the opportunity to see her. And it wasn't about who was going in Linda's office to see the psychologist. It was all of you need to do that because this work we're doing with kids is so intimate that you need someone to talk to. And it just can't always be your colleague mm-hmm. or your principal. Only now do I realize that that was fairly radical. As I'm talking with you, I'm thinking, we are in a mental health crisis, mm-hmm. we're in a wellness crisis, but we're not changing anything. You know, we, we don't say uh, to get a job at such and such elementary school, you are going to be required to do two hours of counseling <laughs> a week. I mean, can you imagine if we did that? That would be radical. And yes, you were radical and it would be freaking awesome at the exact same time. Right. Like, I mean, sometimes that's what you need. Sometimes you need to be able to go in and to like let it all out so that you can do it again, right? So that you can go back and that you can work. You can go back and you can do what you need to do. Sometimes you're in the middle as an educator of your own personal crisis. Right. I got stuff going on at home. Something happened in the community, right? Um, And there's this constant tug that you feel as an educator, right? Yes, I, you know, I lost a parent or I'm sick and dealing with the illness, but my students, but my students, how do I do that? As a school leader, how do I take the time off, right? When so many things are going on in my building, but yet I'm hurting, 
Nobody thinks about that. You know, if you don't call the issue, why will people act differently? And people are still sort of saying, come on, teachers, get on that stage, jazz hands. So what, in your work, you obviously call the issue constantly, right? And what else do you do differently to make sure in your role, you're really modeling, "Uh -uh, I'm not doing that the same way. What are the top three things we all can do if our districts are not calling the question? I think one of the first things I think about is that you have to make space for yourself and make space for others, right? How do you hold that space for yourself? You need to figure out those things that sustain you. Um, What do you need to do so that you can show up to be your best self? So for me, for instance, I think that like every single day, I need some alone and meditation time. I just need to slow my brain down because there are 70 million things that are going on in an educator's head all day long and allow other people to slow down too. Mm -hmm. Here's what I want us to stop doing. I want us to stop looking side eye, you know, at the educator, at the school leader who leaves before you do. Nice. I need you to stop doing that. Mm -hmm. I need you to assume that that person is doing what they need to do for themselves so that they can show up as as best they can every single day. That's what I'm talking about, holding space, right? Mm -hmm. So that it is okay to care for yourself and that we're looking out for one another as a community. Mm -hmm. I want teachers to start doing that for school leaders. You look at your school leader and they look drawn. I'm going to need you to say to your school leader, you know, are you okay? You're looking really tired. Like, how can we help? What do we need to do? Because we are all human beings. Somehow we forget that. That just requires a mindset shift. So that's not about, that's very powerful what you're saying, that to slow down and to show up for one another. Exactly. You know, I always was a co-leader. And I always, again, I don't know that I realized that was called wellness, but I obviously knew that the job was too much for one person. And I wanted to be able to say, sometimes I'm gonna go home and sometimes you're gonna go, you know, and we're in this together, but we're, we're not doing it. If we're both working at 150% all the time together, that's really bad, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's really bad. And I know like teaching, like job sharing, working four days a week, you know, all those kinds of things are really looked down upon. But I wonder about more of that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and same pay. I wouldn't right. change the pay. It's a game changer. I think it's a game changer. I think education is one of the few fields, particularly since COVID, that hasn't thought about how they reimagine how folks are working. There you go. Right? There you go. And that's what we need to do. Um, and I am not of the belief that it's going to come from the district level at all. I think it's going to be a grassroots kind of thing. I think that, you know, more educators in schools need to get creative. So, okay. So if we're talking about, for instance, a four day work week, how might, what might that look like? Put a proposal together. How could we do that and start talking to, you know, other folks about what's possible? Because here's the reality. There are some places that are doing this. Let's research that. Might that work here? I don't know. There are schools within districts that have two teachers in every classroom. Mm-hmm. How are they doing it? The yeah. reality is, Linda, that the job has gotten more complex. We need to we need to acknowledge that reality. It is not the job that we walked into. 
Yeah, this is really, really helpful to think about. It's not always about training. It's about what I'm getting from you. It's about mindset. And it, but it is about rethinking work. And, you know, if the pandemic helped us with anything, it should be about that. Because I don't know how we're going to attract more teachers. Well, it, it is really scary to think about. You know, I mean, my own daughter just graduated from college, graduated with an education degree. Um, and she's talking about the cohort she graduated with. And half of them were like, uh, nah, we're not doing that teaching thing. So if we, in fact, don't change things and fairly quickly, the crisis is just going to double and quadruple. That's not going to change on its, its own. We yeah. have to do some purposeful, real serious thinking and then make some serious changes. And some of them are small changes, yeah, right? That, some of them are, yeah. you know, let's remember that we're working with people and treat people with humanity. Yeah. I mean, I, Listen, Linda, the fact that so many educators don't get to use the bathroom or eat a decent lunch during the day, you know, like that, that's Come probably on. problematic. Come on. Yeah. Come on. on. I should not have to ask to use the bathroom. I should be able to go anytime that I want. Like, that's just basic. We got to find ways to bring humanity back to what is supposed to be a space full of humans. Well, I, I think that's the best place to end. We got to bring humanity back to a place that's about humans. I think you're naming one of the most critical issues of our time. So thank you for sharing your ideas. You're the best. Absolutely. I am excited to share them and I'm going to continue to shout it from the rooftops. You will. All right. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Linda.